Hi friends, this is The Trust. This is episode 11, and today we're going to talk about training. What is it? Do only athletes need it? Does it apply to our faith life as well? Let's see where this takes us. You're listening to The Trust, the podcast of the SDDC Unit Ministry Team. I'm your host, Brad Cattleman, and we are glad you have joined us today. I hope this energizes you, edifies you, and may you experience God's blessings. Spring training is over. The season has begun. Let's talk about baseball. Like baseball? If so, that's awesome. Me too. If not, well, just just hold on. We'll stop talking about baseball in about 30 seconds. So bear with us. Baseball, America's sport. The season has begun. For the last two months, baseball teams have been getting together and training. New players are getting used to their positions. The teams working together on their new routines and new rosters. And why do they do this? so they can show up in April and win. Training is important, but it doesn't just begin in February. Each of the individual players is training on their own throughout the year. Whether it's rehab or skills, training is year-round for a baseball player. Baseball isn't your thing? That's okay, let's talk Army. When soldiers first enter the army, they must complete basic training. And basic training teaches them the basic level warrior skills. They need to be successful in the army, but more importantly, to be successful in combat. But training for a soldier doesn't end at basic training. It's a lifelong pursuit. Soldiers have to continue to hone their craft and hone their skills in order to rise through the ranks, gain more responsibility, and lead better. Training as a soldier doesn't stop until retirement. I'm going to argue it should be the same for our faith lives. For a baseball player to train, it means weightlifting and running and calisthenics, physical therapy, hitting practice, throwing and drills for the infield, pitching and catching. For a soldier to train, it means PT and running and lifting, conducting battle drills, react to contact, react to ambush, a myriad of tasks. What does it mean to train for our faith? That's a great question. And we are going to get to that right after the break. Hi, Joshua. Hi, Dad. What I was wondering today was how do you usually store your money? Uh, I put it in my piggy bank. Okay, Joshua, I have a money problem and I'm trying to figure something out for myself. Okay. You're in the third grade now and you do know a lot of things now. Mm Mm-hmm. So you know your multiplication tables, right? Yeah. And you know some long division now, right? Yeah. Here's what I really need to understand. How do I figure out whether to spend my money out of my OMA budget or my Twicket budget? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, friends, if you also have no idea what I'm talking about, I'd encourage you to go talk to the folks in our G8 section. They know about how to figure out OMA or Twicket and so much more. They specialize in government travel cards, DTS, and they can even help you balance your expenditures over the fiscal year in a way that makes sense. If you use the offer code TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, all one word, you'll even save 10% on your first order. 
and we're back. And before we get into how to train, I think we should first settle the question if we should train. And for that, I want to look briefly at Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, in chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, we can read this about training. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it, so that after proclaiming to others I myself should not be disqualified. So you can hear that Paul is relating our faith lives to an athletic competition. Athletes train hard and they deny their bodies and they exercise self-control, and their prize is simple, it's just that winner's wreath. If you don't know what that is, I want you to imagine any drawing or statue that depicts somebody from Greece. You see that leafy thing over their ears? That is the champion's wreath. And athletes train hard for something so simple that will wilt. And Paul tells his followers to likewise train hard because our prize is the imperishable prize, eternity. So, should we train? Paul says yes. Now. How do we train? That is the question. I'm going to say it's these three things. Read scripture, pray, and worship God with other people. First, read scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 tells us why reading scripture is important. And it reads like this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient equipped for every good work. So why should we read scripture to train? Because it is all good for training. For example, let's just say you want to know how to treat people or what's most important. Well, if you read the scripture, you can see what Jesus says is the most important commandment. The Pharisees ask him, teacher, what's the most important commandment? And he tells them this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so we know reading scripture is important. Secondly, we talk about prayer. Now, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. He said, when you pray, pray in this way, and he gave the Lord's prayer. Prayer is more than asking God for something. Prayer reminds us of our relationship to God, our dependency upon God. Prayer is our communication with God, and that's why prayer is an essential part of training. And finally worship together. Now, in my chaplaincy days, I have talked to a fair number of folks who say, chaplain, I don't have a problem with religion. I have a problem with churches and all the people. And I hear you. People can be difficult. But if we're going to train to love our neighbors as ourselves, we have to actually interact with those neighbors. And where better do you train to do that but in a church? And also, Paul tells us to get together and worship. He writes about it in Colossians 3.16. It goes like this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. So there you have it. The three easy ways to train and why we need to train. When we go for that prize, we need to exercise the same vigor as an athlete going for the wreath. But we have a different and a much bigger end in mind. So let's go hit that spiritual gym together. Let's read some scripture. Let's pray it out and let's worship God together. And 
If anybody wants to go outside and throw some ball, let me know. God bless you all. This episode was recorded and produced by me, Brad Cattleman. Albert von Tilzer composed Take Me Out to the Ball Game in 1908, and this recording was done by Kayla Rochelle and Kenneth Babb is available on Wikipedia. The stadium recordings were done by Ash Fox, and you can find them on freesound.org. A huge thanks this week to Ms. Withers. I had a terrible time traveling this weekend with tickets and rentals, but like always, she was able to straighten it out. I want to thank the archetypal John Arell, our voice of the Bible. His voice is like the relief you feel when your favorite team is down one run, there's only one out, they've just put a runner on third and first, and your best hitter walks up to the plate. Friends, we are trusted professionals, but trust in the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the trust. God bless you all.